Welcome to Access Utah, I'm Tom Williams. CBS reports that the demand for butlers is on the rise, possibly because of Downton Abbey. Stephen Ferry, chairman of the International Institute of Modern Butlers and a butler himself, says that butling can be an interesting, fulfilling, and lucrative career. Today on the program, we'll hear stories from Stephen Ferry and UPR commentator Richard Ratliff, who is a trained butler. We'll also hear how butling has been portrayed in the popular media. We'll hear clips from Jeeves and Wooster, Gosford Park, Remains of the Day, Monk, The Andy Griffith Show, Upstairs, Downstairs, and Downton Abbey. We begin with a scene from uh, Downton Abbey. You'll hear uh, the uh, difference in the classes made uh, very clear. Uh, here's a scene from Downton Abbey. I wonder whether I might have some wine. You've not had any. Stowe, what's the matter with you? What the devil's going on? Rachel, explain this. Explain what? Why am I not being given anything decent to eat? I don't know. Stole. It was your lordship's order. What are you talking about? What is the matter with you tonight? Mr. Daunt left a note for the cook saying you'd ask. I never said a thing to Daunt. And why are you so rude to Mr. Branson? Really, there's no need the for The cook told me you had requested simple... Stole. Someone's played a joke on us. And when you got the note, did it look like Daunt's writing? I never saw the note. And obviously, Mrs. Brennan is not familiar. What? Do you dare to use the word obviously when you contradict me? Now, take this away, fetch me some dinner, and conduct yourself more professionally in the future. Bring that back, you stupid fool. Tom Williams with you. I'm here with uh, Stephen Ferry, who's chairman of the International Institute of Modern Butlers. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Tom. I appreciate it. And uh, also uh, Richard Ratliff, who uh, you you know from his commentaries, uh, joins us. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Let me start with you, Dr. Ratliff. Uh, how did you get involved in, in butling? Well, my wife and I were on an LDS mission in Fiji, and one day we had a conversation uh, that led me to think it would be interesting to learn about butlers. And so I started looking for butler schools around the world and discovered the International Institute in Florida and Stephen and contacted him, and we hit it off right away. And when we got back from our mission, then I actually decided to study butling with Stephen, and he became my mentor through that, through that course of study. And we've worked together, done some work together since then, mm. and it's been really quite a pleasant association for me. Interesting. Yeah. When you told me this, it's, you know, like, like saying I have a third arm. It's, you know, you're, you're a counting professor and, it, you know, you wouldn't match up with. So that's true. <laughs> tell me about this conversation. Was your wife wanting to do more around the house? I could see that conversation happening in my household. How did this come up where you, where you decided I want to learn more about butling? Well, the conversation had to do with her interest in genealogy and family history. Mm. And the conversation was, was uh, centered on that first. That's where it started. And she likes genealogy a lot. And while we were on our mission, uh, she saw what it was like to work with me full time and to do a variety of things outside the home, although she had done that earlier in her life, but she made the comment, a very telling comment one day, <laughs> that uh, she would like to pursue genealogy and uh, family history more, like a full-time job. Mm. And I felt at the time, maybe foolishly said, well, 
why don't I just do more around the house, giving you more time? And, and rather than saying, oh, you don't need to do that, which is what I might have expected, she said, great. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. so that, that's, where, that's where it started. And that's, yeah. I realized that I didn't know much about it and I needed to know more. And I thought, well, who knows the most about managing households? And it came to my mind that who knows more about managing the most complicated, largest households in the world butlers. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what started my search for a place to learn more about it. Interesting. So let me turn uh, to Stephen Ferry. Who do you get to, to come to be trained? It's probably, I'm guessing, the minority would be people like uh, like uh, Richard, who wanted to manage their households, or, or is it? Uh, do people want to do this as a job? What, what kinds of people come? Um, all sorts, actually, and from all around the world. Um, we do have young people coming in after college, university, um, but we also get a lot of midlife changes, looking for something more meaningful or satisfying. Hmm. And so there's a lot of people apply, or many are called, few are chosen, you could mm -hmm, say. Right. Um, uh, but I have to say about Dr. Ratcliffe that he was probably the best student we've had. Mm -hmm. He didn't just take the course that we gave him, he amplified it. At, at several steps, he said, what else can I do to really dig deep on this subject? So I think advanced driving even sewing. Uh, what were the other subjects? Oh, I learned firearms in, in the bodyguard part of the course. Uh, is that flower part of arranging. That's part of it. Definitely. Interesting. Flower arranging and cooking and took additional courses in other areas so that I could learn a little more. So f from flower arranging to firearms, that's, that's a wide gamut. It is. Skills. It is. And one doesn't have to be skilled in every single one of them, but the more so that you are, uh, particularly cooking, for instance. Uh, multiple cuisines, if you have that skill or ability, you're more likely to get hired. Um, what the, the, the entire range of services that a butler delivers in the modern times is so wide that it's unlikely anyone's really going to be an expert in every single one. And so you have to focus on some. Uh, and the ones you focus on are really the ones that your employer wants you to provide as a service to him. He may have no need for a bodyguard, hopefully not. Mm -hmm. um, but he might need you to do the cooking and the driving. Mm -hmm. In the old days, you would have been the cook or the chauffeur. But these days, all these are resident in one person. And uh, again, what does the boss want? That's you provide, what you provide. Interesting. I'll turn back to Dr. Ratliff. Uh, so has the client been pleased, Mrs. Ratliff? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she had, she but, hasn't complained yet. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's overachieving. That's, that, I mean, that's great. Well, it's, you actually it's, actually, to for this. it's given us more time together, mm -hmm. in fact, because uh, what's happened is that I haven't taken over the house, but mm -hmm. we work together okay. more. And uh, since then, I know, I know a little bit more about what I'm doing. And I must compliment Stephen. He's been an excellent mentor. And it, I studied with him through the course. Like I say, we've done some mm -hmm. things since, but the course took me about three years to get through. Uh, it doesn't take most people that long to, to do it. Mm -hmm. But uh, learning the skills, I really am able to assist Virginia and even take the lead on some things that I certainly wouldn't have been able to do before and mm -hmm. prepare meals and a variety of things. So it has given her more time, but it's also given us more time together in doing things around the house. And it's been a pleasant experience. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a great, uh, a great byproduct, or, or maybe that was the central goal. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, Stephen Fer Ferry, how did you get into butling? Oh, well, I, I was actually in Los Angeles when my wife um, helped launch um, a luxury private yacht. 
And her task was to provide five-star service. And so she did research at the time and came back to Los Angeles when her project was over and told me about this. And I, I thought to myself, you know, I wouldn't mind being a butler myself. I, I could probably make a fairly good one. But I, I totally forgot about it. Uh, and then several years later, we got fed up with living in Los Angeles. Um, and so we went back to England. And then with $500 in our pocket, it was like, okay, now what? Ah, oh, the butler thing. So rather than just drive straight into butling, um, what I did was I took a position as um, a, a household manager, an estate manager, uh, with a wealthy individual in my hometown. And I liked it sufficiently so that after about a year and a half of that, I went and did the, the course under Ivor Spencer, actually Sir Ivor Spencer subsequently. He was knighted by the queen. Um, and that was a long course in London, and I left London, went back to America, and had a job literally within days. Because hmm. a certain cachet to having an English butler. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. Yes. I, I wonder about, uh, in popular culture, you know, you think about upstairs, downstairs, Downton Abbey these days. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's a certain element of class, you know, and, and the butler is the lower class than the, you know, the butler's the servant. Yes. And in America, we don't want to be the servant. <laughs> so it, 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 modern times, it's, 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 I guess it's just a job. It's a well-paying job, is it? What, what, uh, what's this, this idea of, and, and you know, you're familiar with this, of course, <laughs> being British. Uh, did that bother you at all when you thought about going into butling? Not at all. Uh, if you look at the traditional English butler, as you've noticed, and you see in Downton Abbey or any of the old movies or new movies of old times, the butler definitely is lower class, which is a big deal in England, being lower class, um, and not that well educated. And he is a servant. Uh, he's re generally was regarded as a nobody. In fact, that's even stated in one of the movies, uh, Gosford Park. Um, the under butler is walking along and um, he's accused of being a nobody. <laughs> uh, did that worry me? Not at all. I don't come from the lower class. And even if I did come from the lower class, does it matter? No. Um, and the thing about service is we're all in service. You're in service. Mm -hmm. uh, we're in service. Everybody's in service in one way or another. Even the boss is in service. If it weren't for the boss being in service, then there'd be no employees in the domestic front. Mm -hmm. So, and the, one, of our, one of our standards is we serve, but we're not servile. Right. And, and, as long as you, and, and if you look at the movie uh, Remains of the Day, which is a I personally think it's the best movie ever made, um, three times the word dignity comes up. Mm -hmm. And that really is what defines the butler. He has dignity. He's proud of what he does. Um, and there's no thought about being a nobody. Right. I don't quite hmm? understand what you're getting at, Mr. Stevens. I am the housekeeper in this house, and your father is the under-butler. In other houses, I was accustomed to address the under-servants by their Christian names. Hmm. Miss Kenton, if you would stop to think for a moment, you would realize that how inappropriate it is for one such as yourself to address as William, someone such as my father. Well, I'm sure, Mr. Stevens, it must have been very galling for your father to be called William by one such as myself. Miss Kenton, all I'm saying is that my father is a person from whom, if you wish to be more observant, you may learn many things. I'm most grateful for your advice, Mr. Stevens, but do please tell me just what marvelous things might I learn from your father. I might point out that you are still often unsure of what goes where and which item is which. 
I'm sure Mr. Stevens Sr. is very good at his job. But I can assure you, Mr. Stevens, that I am very good at mine. Of course. Thank you. And uh, now, if you will, please excuse me. Would this, this idea of, of you know, uh, class, would, would it be more difficult in England to, you know, to, 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 to do just what you were saying? You know, we're, we're all in service, and would you be reminded that uh, you know, some are higher, some are lower in England, or, or is it that way today? Well, certainly in England, there is this class culture, just like there is in India with their caste system. In America, you don't really have a class culture so much anyway. Um, it's more like an income bracket and a sort of a cultural band that one adopts. Um, no, I don't think any butler, ex- except there, there will be some butlers who are in positions where their boss does look down on them as a nobody, mm. absolutely in England. But that's not really generally true today. And if you're looking at a butler who's making half a million dollars a year, he's probably got a Ferrari in his garage. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So <laughs> is that lower class? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, you could, yeah. <laughs> I think most of us could get by with a, with a you know half million year. So what about what about modern times then? In, in I guess is all around the world is this rich people who want uh, a butler and maybe more than that an English butler? Um, certainly, rich people around the world want English butlers. Um, certainly, a lot of people want butlers, but there's a difference between want and being able to have. And you really should be a billionaire or a multimillionaire in order to be able to afford a butler. They don't all make half a million, of course, but 100,000, 150,000 for someone who has experience is very normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you couldn't really afford that unless you had several millions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess there's, there's a full range of butlers, you know, top-end butlers who get you know half a million or whatever. I guess they're get a cheaper butler. Can you? <laughs> I don't know. Yes, you can. You can even get housemen. Housemen are sort of hands-on uh, People who look after the estate, but in a hands-on manner, they don't handle any of the management functions, the accounting functions, etc., or main big decision functions. Yeah. So, you, you, if you really wanted someone to help in the house, maybe forty thousand, fifty thousand. But then remember, they're also often given housing allowances, or they live in. Mm. Right. So a butler essentially manages the household. He does. He's CEO yeah. Home oh. Inc. Right. Yeah. What's the difference, and I think in popular culture we blend these two, what's the difference between a butler and a, and a valet or a valet? Good. Well, a valet, or valet as they say in England, but it's a French word, of course, right. it should be valet, um, is someone who's, who looks after the employer and his clothing, travels with him, um, helps him dress if necessary. Um, his, his duties are very, very much restricted. A butler looks after the whole household and the staff. And that could be up to 400 staff and a budget of hundreds of millions. Mm-hmm. Right. So in popular culture, I keep going back to this, I guess I'm obsessed, uh, that uh, maybe the most famous valet would be Jeeves. Yes. You know, and, and uh, I think some people conflate that with butling, so I just wanted to make that clear. And Jeeves and Wooster, you know, Woodhouse was following the, you know, an ancient comedic device whereby the servant is much smarter than the master. If you would drink this, sir, 
It's a little preparation of my own invention. Gentlemen have told me they find it extremely invigorating after a late evening. I say! My name is Jeeves. I was sent by the agency, sir. I was given to understand that you required a valet. I say, Jeeves, what an extraordinary talent. Thank you, sir. Uh, could one inquire... I'm sorry, sir. No, no, of course not. I'm not at liberty to divulge the ingredients, sir. No, 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 of course. Secrets of the Guild and all that. Precisely, sir. Hmm. Hmm. Ha! Actually goes back to Greek plays. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, Jeeves is always pulling a wooster out of scrapes and... Exactly. And the like. In a benign fashion, yeah, uh, yes. much unlike the the original uh, Greek Greek uh, plays where the butler was actually taking advantage of his position, much like um, Blackadder. I don't know if you've seen that. Series. Yes, Blackadder, yes. Blackadder had a harder edge to him, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> uh, he, he certainly did, did not even like his master and, yeah. Yes. Scheming endlessly and... Exactly. Yeah, sarcastic. Very funny, very funny. I wonder if you had experiences... Um, you know, getting your employer out of scrapes. Do you? Do you? You know, does that enter into your job description as well? It definitely does. But you do have to bear in mind who is your employer. If your employer is just as likely to feed you to the lions, mm. then you may not want to uh, end up in prison to cover for his errors, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he won't look after you at the other end. Right. I guess that that would be going too far. <laughs> it would. <Yeah. laughs> but uh, I mean, it, obviously, it's a question of ethics. What's mm. ethical here? If, it's a, if your employer is a very important person doing a lot of good work and he makes a minor error, which is not customary, then I would be willing to take the fall for him in some manner. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You'd be willing to do that. Yes. Yeah. What, is, what kinds of employers have you had? Luckily, only law-abiding employers. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking for kind of a range of, uh, uh, you know, the types of people that have employed you. Um, personally, as a butler, I've only worked for um, very successful and wealthy businessmen. I haven't worked for celebrities, um, but of course I've hired people who do or know people who have mm-hmm. or are. Yeah. And the experience, I, I imagine the experience has been good. You, you're still butling, I guess you're... I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you do? Yeah. What, what, what do you like about it? What's the, what's the best thing? Um, what, it's a very, di- it's a huge game that you have to play. Um, and it has, uh, there's, n- there's no limit to the areas that you can get involved in. And you have all the power of your employer behind you in terms of uh, funding, resources, networks, in order to get things done. And what I like about it is being able to create effects that bring smiles to people's faces. Because uh, mm-hmm. that brings a smile to mind. Because that's really what we're, we're doing. Uh, we're in service to make people's lives easier so they can focus on the things that they want to do. They don't have to handle the, the humdrum uh, requirements of living today. Mm-hmm. That's your job. Is is there an element of uh, perfectionism? Totally. Does, does that does that help? Yes. Great attention to detail. That's another one of our mantras. Mm-hmm. It's just like a concert pianist who plays the same piece uh, for like two hours straight until he finally knows that it's a one milliquaver <laughs> less, <Right. laughs> etc. Yeah. What effect are you going for here? You you. Uh you want everything to just feel effortless, and uh, uh, yes. what, what, what's the feeling in the in the house that you're or the home you're trying to? Oh yes, produce? you want you want um, calmness to reign where it comes to the mechanics, mm-hmm. and you want enthusiasm to be the general emotional level 
if possible, if your employers are up to it, uh, because that means a person's full of life and they're taking full advantage of life. So as much as you can facilitate that and all the negative emotions, you're able to sort of not sweep under the carpet, but just evaporate before they arise. Mm-hmm. And that certainly is with, within the, the, the ability of the butler. Mm. I imagine discretion would be needed. You, you, you see things that go on. You do. You definitely do. Unfortunately, there's some butlers who do break the golden rule, mm. which is you don't say anything about, you know, it's the three monkeys. Um, for instance, one colleague let it be known to a national newspaper what underwear Hillary Clinton wears. Mm. That sort of thing is just so far from any concept of proper butling, and it doesn't do our profession any good when that sort of thing is, a, is bruited abroad. Yeah. What would be the pinnacle? Um, butling for the queen, what would be the... Um, the, the top. If you admire the queen, yes. Okay. <laughs> For me, the, the search is always to find an employee you believe in and that you can really put your whole self into wholeheartedly. And when you do that, then you really are fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, sent me a question, so let me, uh, let's be good. Okay, here's the question. Wondering how being a butler compares to more common jobs when it comes to uh, work shifts and hours and having a social life. So the, the life of being a butler, it's, you're on call all the time, are you, or what? Uh? It really depends on your employer. Uh, hopefully you've got an employer who's somewhat considered the fact that you do need, need a life yourself. But uh, the expectation is on both sides that you are on call. If the boss needs something, he absolutely should call you. If he's calling you every other minute and you're getting like two hours sleep a day, then it's not viable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're, you are there to service the boss. And if he's in residence, for instance, you're really 24-7. But when he's gone, then you can relax. You let your hair down a bit, and you know you can sleep until eight, <laughs> yeah. something like that. Um, uh, so it swings and roundabouts. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of this is back to a previous uh, discussion about perfectionism. I'm thinking of yet another pop culture uh, reference. This might be the last one, but uh, uh, so the the wonderful uh, American television series Monk. This is a, a detective who is obsessive compulsive. And uh, so he, under through circumstances, one episode, he ends up as a butler. It turns out he's great because he he's, has a perfect attention to detail. But there's a scene where he keeps the staff up till 3 in the morning trying to get everything right. You know, they're, right. they're rolling their eyes. This fork is a centimeter too close. It's only a centimeter. For the want of a nail, Mrs. Murphy. The kingdom was lost. One centimeter off on this side, one centimeter off on that side. Before you know it, what have you got? Two centimeters. Uh Uh-oh. Who folded this napkin? I did, sir. And you... You call this a beveled half-Bedford? Mr. Melville... It's 2.30 in the morning. We've been here all night. Mm-hmm. Luncheon isn't until Sunday afternoon, sir. Almost done, Mrs. Murphy. Almost finished. So that takes me to, I, I'm guessing you probably haven't, you're not that exacting, but uh, you're, you're probably head of a staff as well. Are you, or do you, do you have people that work for you as a butler? Oh, really, you do. Mm. Um, obviously, if you've just got one employer, you could do a lot of the work yourself. You'd still be bringing in vendors to do this and that. But if you have a larger family, a larger estate, you're going to have tens of employees, maybe even hundreds. Mm. Are you um, as 
exacting as this monk fellow? Absolutely. Uh, when we lay a table, every piece of cutlery has to be, and glassware and so forth, has to be within a millimeter of the right position. And there's three angles that you take. There's three considerations when you're placing flatware, silverware. And that all three of those have to be exactly right. And you should be able to spot immediately when something is not in exactly the right position. So attention to detail is what then brings about the overall effect that you're looking for. Hmm. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Uh, CBS uh, reports, of course, the demand for butlers is on the rise, possibly because of Downton Abbey. And uh, as we're hearing from Stephen Ferry, chairman of the International Institute of Modern Butlers, and a butler himself, the career can be interesting, fulfilling, and lucrative. And we're also talking with Richard Ratliff, who's done commentaries for UPR. He's a retired professor of accounting at USU and uh, currently is special assistant to the dean of the Kane College of the Arts. We're going to head toward a break. And uh, we're going to hear now a, uh, a scene from Gosford Park as we go to break. All right, get on with your work. Yes? Ah, Mr. Wiseman, there you are. I'm dealing with this. What is it, Mr. Wiseman? Well, to start with, my name is Denton, Henry Denton. You're here as valet to Mr. Wiseman. That means you'll be known as Mr. Wiseman below stairs for the duration of your stay. We stick to the old customs here. It saves confusion. I'm Peter O'Dowd. A new film about the reporters who uncovered Boston's Catholic sex abuse scandal opens in theaters this week. You guys gotta understand, this is big. This is not just Boston. This is a whole country. It's a whole world. We'll talk to the editor of the Real Spotlight team that broke the story next time on Here and Now. Join us Tuesday morning at 11 on Utah Public Radio. Welcome to Science by the Slice. To address the frightening public health concerns of increasingly frequent drug-resistant pathogens, USU Uinta Basin biology professor Leanna Etchberger and her students are on the hunt for new antibiotics. The students collect soil samples and antibiotic-producing microbes in the vernal area and upload their findings to a central database of samples from around the world. Their efforts contribute to a global effort to combat disease. This segment of Science by the Slice is brought to you by the USU College of Science, offering degree programs in mathematics and varied scientific disciplines. Details at usu.edu science. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. CBS News is reporting the demand for butlers is on the rise, possibly because of shows like Downton Abbey. We're talking with Stephen Ferry, chairman of the International Institute of Modern Butlers. He's a butler himself. He says butling can be an interesting, fulfilling, and lucrative career. And we're also uh, talking with Richard Ratliff, who is a UPR commentator and a special assistant to, to the dean of the Kane College of the Arts. He's a retired professor of accounting. We heard the story in the first half hour how he beca- uh, got into butling. Uh, he is a trained butler himself. And we're hearing how butling has been portrayed in the popular media. Coming up later in the program, we'll hear of Andy Griffiths, English valet, 
And uh, right now, uh, to introduce the second half of the program, here's a scene from the iconic series Upstairs, Downstairs. That tree class is soiled, Edward. Well, the plate will cover the stain, Mr. Hudson. I mean, it's not as if it's on her side of the family, is it? It is for Mr. Arthur Bellamy, the master's brother. Fetch a clean cloth at once. Him? I mean, he's only a doctor. Respect is not something we grade according to title or to wealth, Edward. It is a matter for us of what is owed by servant to master. And a brother in any walk of life is someone to whom much is owed. The greatest consideration, the greatest formality. No matter how the exigencies of fate have led each into different paths, into different fortunes. A clean cloth at once. We turn back to Richard Ratliff. So this attention to detail, which I assume you learned at the school, um, and you bring that to, uh, I wonder what that does for you in terms of, I don't know, feeling secure when you have people over, or, you know? Well, you have more security when you when you have a sense of knowing what you're doing. Um, at the same time, the sense of detail, if you make a mistake, uh, I, I don't perform at the level of perfection that I would like to. Mm-hmm. And knowing more, which means that I am not performing at the level of perfection in more things that I know about. Right. Right. But, if, but usually, even, even when you are aware that it may not be exactly perfect, um, you are aware that you are approximately right and you can have confidence that uh, things will turn out well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a full staff in my household. Right. I'm, my <laughs> wife and I are it, and whenever I'm doing my particular part, then I am it, mm-hmm. trying to give her the time to do the things. Or if I'm doing – I've had occasion to do some other things outside the household with, with some other people. And you have confidence that you can perform if you're aware of what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And the kind of detail that Stephen talks about gives you the confidence to know when you're certainly in the ballpark – and when you get it right, it's true joy. I could see, and, and I guess that's what you're going for, that sense of calm that you, you talked about, uh, Stephen. And, um, but there could be a downside. You know, say, say you invited me over for dinner, and I knew that you're a certified butler. Uh, would I be nervous that I've got the, you know, I've got the fork in the wrong place? And, you know, that happens sometimes. We, just, we had a luncheon just recently where, where Stephen and I were going to a, a family's house, and uh, the wife said, oh, my goodness, you're coming to our house for a luncheon. What if I put a fork in the wrong place? Right. You know, and right. everybody laughed. Yeah. But it was a, it, it was a concern or she wouldn't have brought it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it, so there is that concern. But what if the butler makes a mistake? Mm-hmm. Uh, one day we had uh, some people over to our house and we were serving fish. And I had a platter of fish and I served everybody else. Now, I was at the table, too. I was host and server at the same time and the last piece of fish that was on the plate i turned around quickly and the fish flew across the room (laughs) and i had no idea we were going to serve flying fish that night (laughs) but the whole but the whole table went silent (laughs) right what are we going to do now and that you know we've had a chance to talk about that on multiple occasions (laughs) since then what happens if the butler's the one that makes the mistake right (laughs) one hopes it isn't one one hopes it isn't yes yeah uh if you just joined us we're talking with uh, stephen ferry who's chairman of the International Institute of Modern Butlers. You can find them online at modernbutlers.com. We're also talking with uh, Richard Ratliff, um, who is a graduate, a graduate of the yes. school? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and uh, appreciate you listening today. So I wonder what, 
What are, what are the most important principles that you're teaching students at the, that they go out and represent your school and buttle? Is that the verb? Yes, correct. Buttle at the, at the highest level. What, what principles are you teaching them? Well, we teach them a number of principles. There's, there's two main sectors or sections of what we teach. One is the hard skills, not meaning difficult skills, but the hands-on skills. How do you lay a table, etc. cetera? Uh, the other is the soft skills, the people skills. The, uh, a person, uh, one of the main complaints that employers have is that they, there's no chemistry or they can't get on with their butler or the butler doesn't know how to, how to act appropriately. Um, so that's why we focus on that first. So there are, there's, a, there's a mindset of the butler, which includes various elements, one of which we've already covered is discretion. Um, loyalty is another one. Trustworthiness, dependability. Um, the secret, some people wonder what is the secret uh, behind being a butler. I don't know that it's a secret, but it's certainly a very fundamental datum. Uh, and that is... Have you ever heard the expression, uh, a guest smells like a fish after three days? Yes. My father used to use that all the time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when he was visiting me and he wanted to go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, a butler doesn't stay with an employer for three days or even three weeks or three months or three years. It might be as many as 30 or 60. Um, how bad is that butler going to smell is the question. Unless he's worked out how to get on with a, an employer in the privacy and the, of his own house and the closeness of his own house sometimes. Um, and the formula or the, the mantra is you provide invisible service. If you're providing invisible service, you're not really there, so he can't object to you being there. This is in quite a stark contrast to American style of service, which is very much in your face. Mm. In fact, we were having dinner last night, um, and we, we just, it was a very intense discussion, and three times within a few minutes, the waitress came up and interrupted us uh, as we were talking about deep, deep matters, you know. Mm. Would you like some more water? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is not the way a butler operates. He would just simply refill the glass. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the key data uh, in how to butler. We don't just provide service or good service. We provide uh, exceptional service by going beyond the normal expectation to really be very creative in order to wow uh, the employer or Wow is a word that's come into the hospitality industry over the last 20 years, roughly the same time that butlers started to go into the hospitality industry. Mm. Why? Because that's really the mindset of the butler. How do we really bring a smile? How do we go beyond the normal expectation uh, to, wow the, to wow the person you're serving? Mm. And I assume there are a lot of trained butlers now in the hospitality industry, in, in hotels and resorts and, you know, that yes. sort of. There um, are. Last count, we had something like 400 five-star resorts and hotels around the world, or four stars, um, with butler service of one stripe or another. But the problem there is that someone is quite as likely to say, we've got butlers, and they just rename their pool attendant a pool oh, okay. butler. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> we got all sorts of marketing gimmicks like yeah. that, like mm -hmm. soap butler, perfume butler, nanny butler, or baby butler, beach butler, dog butler. I could go on and on and mm -hmm. on and on. Mm -hmm. Those are really not butlers. They yeah. haven't been trained as butlers. Restroom attendant, you, 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 that sort of thing, yeah. Yes. What would you, I wonder what you call him. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I've, by the way, I've never been in a, in a restroom that had a, you know, had an attendant. I've, always, I've seen, only seen it in the movies. Oh, they do exist. Yeah. yeah um, I've kind of wanted to. When I went to the Ritz in London, 
I was like uh, 14 years old, taking my girlfriend to London to watch uh, Dr. Zhivago. Uh, this was a big outing. And I went to the men's room, and there was this chap who gave me a hairbrush, a comb. Mm. He ran the water for me in the sink, gave me soap. And he hung around, and it was obvious what he wanted, but right. he actually took all the money that I had because <laughs> I didn't have very much. <laughs> He's working on tips. Yes. Yes, yes, yes that's, that's true. Dr. Radloff, I wonder what principles you take away from this. I guess, you know, probably some principles that you learned at the school that uh, you, you incorporate in, in your life. Well, for me, um, buttling follows some of the principles of things that we just learn as manners and etiquette. But it takes them to a level where life can be pleasant for everyone involved. And buttling allows you to take the principles, the basic principles of manners and etiquette, and put them into practice in situations that you may not anticipate otherwise. Let's take something as simple as putting on a jacket. Now, that, that's, we don't even think about putting on a jacket. But if I'm assisting someone in putting on a jacket and they know how to do it and I know how to do it, both, so that we're not trying to fumble with one sleeve and then pull the jacket around some way so that they're out of sorts with their, with their body trying to get the other arm into the sleeve, and I know how to do it simply uh, so that they're hardly aware that the jacket is coming on at all, then that's just a, a moment of pleasure and convenience that makes life easier for them, and they don't have to worry about that. They can do whatever else it is that they're thinking about or need to do, and it's just it's that moment, and the butler can make that moment occur, or moments like that occur, throughout the day in every other thing that they do. That they do. Now, I'm not employed as a butler right now, but knowing that, whether it's setting a table or pouring a glass of water or assisting with a jacket or helping with a door or driving a car so that you don't, when you stop, people aren't jerked. You know, that, you know how a car, when you stop and the light turns and you go and everybody kind of leans mm-hmm. forward. Well, if you know how to stop a car properly, that doesn't happen. They don't fall forward. These little moments that make life just nicer. But they're big moments, too. Let's suppose you have a large party and you really are trying to put on a show. Or let's suppose you have a presentation, you're a professional person and you have a a personal assistant who is like a butler but works in the business setting and they know how to assist with the presentation to make it nicer, more presentable. They they know how to to put uh, information on a screen so everybody in the room can see it. They know color combinations as well as the information you're trying to present. The butler can be of great service so that everybody involved has a more pleasant, more convenient experience. Life is better for all. If you take these basic principles of manners and etiquette and extend them into even the little things of life, we all benefit. Mm-hmm. I wonder, uh, Stephen Ferry, what you say that, that, that applying these principles, uh, some of these principles can apply very widely, but the, but the center of this, uh, actually learning to become a butler, that's not going to apply to everyone, right? I, I, especially, I can hear uh, some Americans saying, "That's that's just un-American. That's just uh, you know, that's just going to make me snooty. You know, make me seem you know uh, more upper class than my neighbor." And we're we, at least we want to think of ourselves as egalitarian, certainly. And certainly, Americans are much more egalitarian. You're, you're much more likely to find an American uh, employer 
offering his butler a drink and then actually serving him the drink, mm. which is a r- r- role reversal. Um, but it goes back to what I said before. We're all in service. If the relationship needs to be more casual, you can always refer to the boss by his first name uh, if he wants. Uh, but in public, one would always still revert back to his, for- his more formal family name. Um, but the you could regard yourself as a partner with the boss in terms of running his household for him if you wanted a more casual relationship. You don't have to have the looking down your nose snootiness about you as a boss. And if you if really, if you if you're quite wealthy, you have some people running your business, why are you running your own home? Because if it's a fairly significant one, there's a lot of work involved. Why are you tying yourself up there almost cleaning the toilets? Um, it's not going to work. So give yourself a break, give yourself a facility differential, by which I mean, um, reinforce those areas so you can then put your attention on other things that would be more worthwhile for you to do. Hmm. And what, what, what does this do for you personally? You, 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 it sounds like you enjoy it. You really, oh, I love it. Really, really, you, you get something <laughs> out of it. What is that that you get out of it? What I get out of it more, I mean, when I used to be a butler, because I'm, I basically spend my time training or consulting or um, speaking, um, what I really liked, again, is being able to bring uh, being able to bring everything together like an orchestra, a conductor with his orchestra, and create that fantastic effect which then wows the audience. Um, what I like as a trainer is when the students really get it. Uh, for instance, um, not too long ago we were training in the Maldives in a resort, and this young chap had never really worked he hadn't worked at all actually in hospitality, just fresh out of school. Um, and so we got hold of him and started to train him as a butler. And what he really became passionate about was the idea of wowing the guest, making their life just so pleasurable. And so he, about two months later, he had this one particular couple uh, come and he looked after them so well that they wanted to give him a big tip at the end of their stay. And he said, I don't want your tip. It's kind of you, thank you, but I don't want it. Because <laughs> that wasn't what he was about. Mm-hmm. He was just having fun playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they said, okay, well, we won't give you a tip, but take us to your local island. Because the, you know what the Maldives are. They're like 1,100 small islands okay. in the Indian Ocean. Uh, so the staff lived, or some of the staff lived on a local island. So they went to the local island, and they toured the school and the hospital, and they donated, I think it was something like $200,000 to both and pledged a further million for the year, the following year. Um, and that's the kind of effect that, that it's very satisfying to be able to achieve because you spread happiness, you spread satisfaction, and people are very much more able to uh, work together and do good things together when they're happier rather than when they're sad or stressed out. Mm-hmm. Just have a couple minutes left. I wonder, uh, Dr. Radleff, what, what do you get out of this? What uh have this it's a very interesting experience you've had and and what have you got out of it in the end here well it's certainly an experience that i wouldn't have anticipated 10 years ago <laughs> well now it is close to, yeah <laughs> it's we're, we're we're this was in the late what 2006 2007 it was about 2007 when i first decided to do that but before that i would never have anticipated it but it has simply made life easier for me, the, I've learned skills and now practice things that I wish I had known when I was 20 years old. My professional life would have been better. 
just simply knowing how to interact with people and make life a little easier for everyone. Even my students at the university, when I was teaching, creating a classroom environment and thinking about the small things that would make their life easier and more pleasant uh, in just in our interactions. Mm. So wherever I go, life is be- hopefully better for everyone, everyone around. And being aware of a higher quality of life, not only in my life, but being aware of what a higher quality of life might be for those around me and how I might be able to assist. Hmm. Wonderful. And if people want to know more, you can certainly go to the website, I imagine, right? The International Institute of Modern Butlers, which is modernbutlers.com. And there's a book. You're working on revising a book, I believe. Uh, So tell me about the book. Well, the book uh, was actually, it, it, it's, it's Guinness was uh, my own um, hat write-up or um, manual. Uh, when I first started in the profession, there was nothing. And I, I thought, I, I need, really need some sort of a policy manual and something I can use. And it grew from there, and it, it was published um, as the British Butler's Bible initially. That's a good title. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, then it was, it, the second iteration actually was... Um, uh, butlers and household managers, 21st century professionals. When I wrote that, though, I wrote it, a, it was a, a, a tad bit too erudite for most people wanting to be butlers. And also, it was not a single picture or diagram. It was just pure words, 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 words. Um, it still proved popular because it was the manual uh, that professionals needed. But it wasn't really satisfactory. And so when uh, Dr. Ratcliffe came to our place uh, in New Mexico, um, we talked about various collaborations and and decided that this book could be revised with a, with the idea of making it more accessible to people who weren't necessarily wanting to be butlers, but also to any butler who may not have a university-level education. We were going to put in pictures and uh, simplify the language, and that's exactly what this last third edition is. Um, I've been here for the last five days, uh, working with fantastic people in Logan. Uh, I, I just love the people here. They're very professional, very kind, very loving. And uh, we've put together, I think, about 80 photographs, which will go into the book. This will be the third edition. Tell me the title again. Butlers and Household Managers, 21st Century Professionals. Okay, you can look for that. Uh, I guess the, the, that'll be coming out. Um, and uh, understand there the, not only principles, but there are extensive checklists here. So if you want to know, to do a certain kind of party or do, do a certain kind of uh, an event, you can just go through the checklist. Yes, whether you're putting on a, an informal dinner or trying to, whether it's a breakfast or a barbecue or whether you're conducting a larger event that requires where you're inviting even thousands into a big marquee or something, it, uh, it provides checklist, a de- detailed checklist so that you can have the confidence when you go through the planning process and the execution process that you're getting all the details right. And that's one of the advantages I found in, in the course itself in learning the value of checklists, detailed checklists. Mm-hmm. It, makes, it makes the occasion much easier to prepare for and actually execute. Without uh, last-minute emergencies. <laughs> right, right. It's in the details, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So that's the book. And uh, if you're interested in uh, you know, becoming a butler, uh, here's a school that you can uh, go to, the International Institute of Modern Butlers. And the website uh, there is modernbutlers.com. Uh, We've been talking with the chairman of the International Institute of Modern Butlers, Stephen Ferry. Thanks so much. 
Thank you very much, Tom. I appreciate it. And uh, Richard Ratliff has been with us. Thank you. Thank you. And we've been hearing uh, portrayals of butlers and ballots in popular media. We'll end the program now with a scene from The Andy Griffith Show. Andy Griffith, uh, if you're familiar with the show, you know that he, at least in three episodes, had an English valet. Here's a scene from one of those episodes. As soon as I get the proper hang of this ladder, I'll get round to fixing those things. <laughs> well, uh, I better go in and fix some lunch. Good, I'm starved. Well, uh, how would it be if I stepped in and fixed you some snap? You, you both look a bit clemmed. I couldn't ask you to do that. Well, to tell you the truth, that's a bit more in my line than this. You see, that's what I do for the colonel. Keep his digs neat, press his clothes, fix his meals, and I'd like to do the same for you and the young man. I, I mean, what with the lady being away and all? Well... Oh, thank you very much, and don't you worry about a thing. When you come home this evening, you won't recognize the place. Come on, friend. <laughs> It's time for Utah StoryCorps, everyday people sharing their stories at the StoryCorps recording booth in Vernal. Karsten and Jessica, adult children of David and Mara Christensen, reminisce with their parents about their childhood growing up in the Uinta Basin and the family's journey in finding the American dream. What was it like having your childhood here in Vernal? I think it was pretty much ideal. We had a great childhood here. It was just full of happiness and being together as a family. We had the, the family store that we own there, and, and it was fun to go down and go to work with Dad and hide in the clothes racks and jump out and scare people who came to buy clothes. We would always go to Arby's to get the French toast strips for breakfast, and yeah. we'd go and eat it in our Dad's office. <laughs> so I was thinking about some of the fun field trips that we took. Can you um, share some of your memories of spending time there? My favorite place to go is Harper's Corner in Echo Park. You can see like 500 faults from the top of it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and, and it's cool because the Green River is cleanish looking. And the Yamba River is like chocolate milk about. It's about that consistency and color. <laughs> and so when they join together, uh, you know, you get this kind of cool swirl of green and black and brown and then my favorite place down there is a little place called whisper cave and you drive down into the canyon off of harper's corner there and there's just kind of like this little sandbar area you know and there's some old farmhouses some old ranch houses but then you go back and there's this cool little it just looks like a little cave in the rock as you go in you can turn right or left and it has a crack in the rock that just goes for hundreds of feet in either direction and the cool thing is you know it's completely dark and you're kind of wedging yourself in there in between the outer rock wall and the inner rock wall one person can go as far as they can to one end of this little cave and the other person will go to the other end as far as they can and you can whisper and hear each other as much as i love that place i think my favorite place is red canyon lodge and out there in the high uintas I remember going out there for like Thanksgiving and other family trips and being out there in fall and falling asleep to the sound of the coyotes and waking up and, you know, seeing moose and deer and bighorn sheep. I, I like that because it's that whole, you know, utopia, magical feel. I mean, that place is just peaceful. Pinion pines and junipers and, and ponderosa pines, just so beautiful there. What were your feelings when we moved from Vernal? I remember going up to the mountains that day and we were sitting in the back of the car. Mom and Dad turned around at the same time after they parked, and my thoughts were, something's going on. <laughs> and they said, we're moving. And I was like, oh, there you go. <laughs> Something is going on. And 
it was scary. But I mean, in all of the scariness and the fear of moving and leaving my friends behind, there was kind of like this anticipation of good things to come. And that was always kind of there. And so we moved to Logan and I've always thought of both Vernal and Logan because that's kind of where I finished growing up. If we hadn't have moved to Logan, if we hadn't left this paradise, we wouldn't have found our Camelot. We wouldn't have found this next part of our life. I think that Karsten and I wouldn't be the people we are unless we had had that hardship. In the long run, it really changed us and made us who we are today. It doesn't matter where we are, whether in Vernal or Logan or who we're with, as long as we're together as a family and we love each other. I just would like to finish this up by saying, what a great American dream we have lived and we will continue to live. These conversations were recorded at the StoryCorps booth in Vernal and will be archived at the Library of Congress. Support for this segment of the Utah StoryCorps project is made possible in part by our members and Memory Mark, helping families to preserve and relive precious memories that help keep us connected to the people we love. Information at MemoryMark.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Shad. Elvis Costello is a pop music force who's been making hits for more than 40 years. Next time on Q, I'll chat with him about growing out of the punk new wave scenes and into one of the most respected songwriters of our time. That's coming up on Q from PRI, Public Radio International. Join us Tuesday afternoon at 1 on Utah Public Radio. Access Utah is a production of Utah Public Radio. You can listen to this episode or previous episodes of Access Utah anytime at upr.org, where you can find a link to subscribe to our podcast. This is Utah Public Radio, KUSR HD1 Logan, KUSK HD1 Vernal, KUSL HD1 Richfield, KUST HD1 Moab, KCEU Price, and KUSU FM HD1 Logan.